0: Hi, welcome. Thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up with your host, Kevin Yang. For all the listeners, Life Plus Up is a podcast dedicated in making your life better by achieving success in three core components of life, personal, financial, and career. In each episode, we'll be bringing some of the most positive and inspiring news, followed by introducing programs to help out with personal finance. We'll coach you some professional skills to help you advance in your career, and be your resources for a better lifestyle and health. You can find the newest episode every Wednesday by follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or much more. At the end of each episode, I will answer some of the questions from our listeners. So if you have a question, please email me or DM me on Instagram or just by clicking on the voice link listed in the description. Remember, if you find this podcast informative and helpful, share with someone that you think this can help. So now, let's have a great show! Have you ever stayed undeterred for your dream and passion, despite what the world says? Do you ever had the conviction of what you do is right, regardless of facing rejection in every corner? Now imagine, you are walking in MoMA, the Museum of Modern Arts of New York. While you admire hundreds of beautiful masterpieces from iconic artists like Andy Warhol, Jackson Pollock, and many more, you look at the description by the artist. In the description, you will only found the artist started somewhere, came to New York to learn from someone and launched their first exhibits in some year. However, you will never find the information like what happened to the artist prior to the exhibits. They will never tell you that the artist was rejected by Galilus, brokers, other artists, or even art institutions before someone actually says yes. They will never tell you that the artist was being doubted by everyone around them because the world only associates successes with probabilities. In this iconic city of New York, how many artists do you know that continue to pursue their dream despite constant discouragement? Today, I have the fortune to invite one of the most talented up and coming artists of New York City, John Patrick Hackett, to share with us his story. So welcome to episode 7, Road to MoMA, a true origin story of a New York artist, John Patrick Hackett. Now, before we start, I would like to go ahead and kick off with some positive and inspiring news. Today, our news is brought by CNN, The Good Stuff. The article is being written by Meadow Capron and Justin Lear of CNN. The title is, A Judge Held a Lost Student's Baby, so the boy could be part of the mother's swearing ceremony. A Tennessee woman wanted to be three things in life, a wife, a mom, and a lawyer. When she was sworn in as a lawyer, her one-year-old son was part of the whole thing, thanks to the judge officiating the ceremony. It happened last week when Juliana Lamar, 27 years old, was being sworn in as a lawyer at the Tennessee Supreme Court of Nashville. Her entire family was there to support her. When Judge Richard Dickens saw her son in the crowd, he insisted the boy to be part of the ceremony. After all, Beckham had been part of her entire journey to become a lawyer. Just as we are about to begin, he goes to grab Beckham and says, he need to be part of this. He's going to do the swearing with me, Lamar recounted on CNN. While we are doing the swearing in, Bacon is just sitting there with his hands up and it was such an amazing experience. Now let's talk about the journey that led to this moment. Lamar became pregnant halfway through law school at Belmont University College of Law. She was concerned how she would get to class and make it work. She worried about giving birth during a final exam or missing too many classes. Law school is a journey on its own for anyone, whether they are parent or not, she said. Law school is probably one of the hardest things that anyone can do. She gave birth to Beckham in October 2018. She couldn't even drive herself when she returned to the classroom to work toward her degree the next day, but she wanted to make sure she wasn't missing much. When it finally came time to be sworn in as the last step toward getting her license, her son was right there in Judge Dickens' arm. CN reached out to Dickens for comment. To have my son who means the world to me and is the person I do everything for, to have him right there watching his mommy just was amazing, she said. He is the guiding light in my life. Now, she is working in a two year clerkship with a state trial court, and when this is over, she will start looking for other jobs. I hope that this story gives other young women and young mothers the inspiration to know that you can do it. Even if you are faced with a crazy attendance policy or you're just worried that you can't do it, she said. If I can do it, anyone can do it. So, thank you, Lamar and congratulations on your license. And here at Life Plus Up, we thank you for being an inspiration for many others out there. Now, before we jump into the main segment, let's take a short break and hear what our sponsor has to say. All right, so welcome back to our segment. Today we have the fortune to invite one of the most talented up and coming artists in New York City, John. Patrick Hecke here with us. So John, why don't you say hello to all the audience really quick?
1: Hello, everyone out there. This is uh, John Patrick. Kevin is being very kind and uh, telling you guys I'm the best. But you know I'm just uh, just another artist trying to make it in New York and working hard at it.
0: Sounds good. And figure, uh, So how I know John is that I was fortunate enough to be invited to one of his exhibits in the Empire store in Dumbo. And when I saw the painting for the first time, I was quite amazed there's a lot of messages in your work so before i go ahead and spill the entire content let me go ahead and ask john to give a quick introduction about yourself quick 30 second introduction so our listeners to know who you are
1: well i grew up here in manhattan uh i grew up in stuyvesant town and uh i mainly grew up with my mother and my father and they were they were divorced but uh from a very young age i started making art i would uh my mother worked overnights, so I'd be making art all the time in the apartment while she slept. I would draw, and, uh, yeah, just ever since I can remember, I would always love, like, crayons and watercolors and pencils and pens and just something magical about it. I always love making things.
0: Oh, that's awesome. See, when I was little, I liked to do those things, too, but it never grew into a flirtation of an artist, so definitely when I see someone out there really take that talent to the next level, it's definitely very motivating. Now, John... I want to let all the listener know that you have shared with me a few of your work. And then I have posted in our weekly articles on Medium and also on my Instagram as well too. Toward the end of the podcast, I'll let John go ahead and show all the listener where to find your work and also more information about your upcoming exhibits. But I have a few questions to ask you. I know that your time is very precious. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right at it. Is it going to be okay? Sounds good. Perfect. So like we previously introduced, our podcast really like to cover the topics of personal, financial, and career. We really want to help our listeners to find motivation and resources for personal lifestyle and health, financials, budgetings, fundamentals, and career aspirations and resources as well too. So right now, John, I want to ask you is, what are your personal experiences that help you to become where you are today?
1: Well, I just... I never gave up. You know, I, uh, I started making art when I was a little kid and I kept doing it throughout high school and then in college. And I just, it was just something that I knew that I always wanted to do and would do regardless if I had, you know, financial or career based success, I would just keep at it. And a lot of people would tell me like, you know, there's other safer things you can do out there. You know, you can go into math. I was very good at math, you know, become an accountant and, uh, People will always try to tell you to take the safer, kind of easier, more mapped out route. And for me, art was just something that was so important to me that regardless of the risk that may be involved in long-term success or kind of financial security, I knew that art was important enough to kind of risk that career-wise. And um, it's just like, even if people tell you no, you know, a lot of people will say no to you. But eventually someone will say yes and if you keep going with the work and you're passionate about it you get better and if you get your work in front of enough people eventually someone will tell you this is good enough you know I'm willing to show this I really like this and it's worth it for that reason that if you go through it enough eventually you will succeed in what you're trying to do
0: no that's very very motivating and thank you very much for that answer because you really give a lot of people out there including myself sometimes struggle to do what we do best but however when you actually look at a famous quote when you feel like you're in hell keep going that is something that we always want to go ahead and tell our listeners because the best part of your fruitation was really right behind that hardship and challenges right like you said there are other things that you could do that's much easier but that's not what you love you love to paint you like to do art and that's why you make you special right perfect so now i want to ask you is that since we know how you got to where you are right now what is your current career or personal aspiration
1: well i would like to be able to make a full living just off art just off selling and making art and uh without any kind of day job or or teaching job just be able to make and sell art and that would be my primary focus and what i spent all my time doing
0: and that's very remarkable to you because what happened was if you are able to do what you do uh, what you love every day you will not even feel like work you will feel like this is what you enjoy right but at the end you have to pay those bills in new york city
1: that's true the rent isn't free
0: <laughs> yes that is very true now a question i want to ask you is, is that every artist is different right some art others draw motivation from other places some artists prefer a different method how do you work
1: i draw inspiration from a variety of different sources a lot of times it's other artists you know i try to always be looking at Art in museums or magazines or online. And I've always been fascinated with what other people make. And I think a lot of my work is the sum of kind of everything I've seen since I was a kid. And I would go to museums. My mother would drag me to the Met, to the Guggenheim, all the time when I was a little kid. And I, I resented her for it. I didn't want to be at the museum all the time. I wanted to be playing basketball or running around with my friends. But she really helped me become cultured and knowledgeable in art through going to all these museum visits and you know kind of like week after week and I would be more familiar with kind of great painters and the classical art and so I kind of drew things from that and then also on the side I'd be reading things like Mad Magazine which was kind of very separate from kind of the established cultured art world but there'd be amazing cartoonists in it like Don Martin and I drew a lot of inspiration from that so my art is kind of like it's a little bit of everything you know and I try to do a lot of different things I do drawings I do paintings collages I do work on the computer I've done some sculpture and it's all very different you know it's I like kinda always try to keep it fresh and always be trying something new and be trying to fail at things you know if I'm if I'm trying new things they might not come out how I expected it might not be great but one of the most important things for me is to keep going and keep making new stuff
0: you know what, that is actually very motivating by knowing where you come from, your backgrounds, how your parents bring you to different museums, and those little experiences shape who you are today. And you are able to create an art piece that represents all those memories. It's definitely amazing. Now, every artist has a certain thing, something that they always like to go ahead and follow under. What are the things that you're pursuing right now?
1: Right now, I'm taking a classical painting class at the Art Students League. And I've only very recently started it, but it's, um, it's a traditional style, kind of a la prima painting, and it's kind of going after the classical master's way of painting, you know, a lot of measuring, proportions, and the guy, the teacher's name is Max Ginsburg, and he always, you know, he says, bad drawing is not expressionism, bad drawing is not art. So he's talking about measuring and trying to capture something, trying to paint something as it is, as you see it. So it's, it's new for me in a way that I haven't done that since I left school about seven years ago. And it's, it's good to get back to that.
0: So you are still taking classes to enhance your skills and taking in other perspectives to help you to make that final piece. So would you say that currently you have not found your final form yet? You are still getting there, right?
1: If you want to be great at something, you have to work at it every day. And even, you know, the most famous basketball players, you know, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, they were able to practice more than their peers. And that's really the thing is like, even if you are an expert or a master, or you have to work at it every day to, to maintain where you're at and also to grow. So practice is, is the most important thing. And uh, it took me a while to get back to, to painting classes. And I'm very, very glad I did because it reminds me of my true purpose. It reminds me of what I'm really meant to do. And sometimes you can kind of forget it. You have the day job or, Bills, relationships, and all that stuff is important, but it can distract you from your primary purpose.
0: You know what? That's very true, too. When we went to museums, we normally see a background, a little disclosure of artists that, oh, they went to New York and this happened. They don't really tell you the daily grind, right? Like, you do not they don't really tell you in a small paragraph right beside the painting about what they do to start off. We only see, like, this person went here, three years later, he had his own show. But what happened in that three years right so thank you for helping us to know the inside of this particular industry now i want to ask you what are the primary obstacle or challenges that you have overcome so far
1: a lot of people kind of telling me that what i was doing was was not important or not worthwhile or impossible and i remember one time i was at some party in college and uh, i told this girl what i majored and i said hey yeah i major in art with a, a focus in painting And she kind of just laughed at me. She was a biology major, and she said, well, why would you even bother going to school for that? What's the point of that? That's not a real major. And in moments like that, you can kind of start to question yourself. You can kind of say, well, you know, is this a waste of time? Am I kind of just pretending that this will one day work out? And there's always that seed of doubt in your mind, or there can be. So one of the biggest obstacles to overcome is your own your own doubt of yourself, your own questioning, will I ever make it? Will this ever work out? And that's really something that you have to overcome on a daily basis. You have to be sure of yourself and be sure of what you're doing. And then there can also be people that shut you down. I remember that recently I tried to get an internship at a gallery just to get kind of the inner workings of the gallery business and how it works. And I was let go after one day. The woman didn't like me or she said I was too old or didn't know enough about you know, art news online or something. And when things like that, you know, you can kind of be crushed. You can kind of be like, hey, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to do my best here at an unpaid internship. And, you know, I'm intelligent. I'm well-spoken. I can learn. But that's, sometimes that's not enough. Or sometimes people just won't like you or they'll tell you no. And the key is to not let that stuff derail you or make you think that what you're doing is never going to happen. And to just keep going and keep making art. That's really the thing for me is that even if I'm not selling or showing my art, I'm always making art. And that's, that's the most important piece, even though it doesn't always feel like it.
0: You know what? That's definitely very insightful because if you think about it, I tell all the listener all the time that when you face mockery or when person is judging you, in fact, they're judging themselves, like the biology major person. She's not happy about the selection that she does. She knows that her selection is limited. That's why she decided to go ahead and criticize other people. But you take that as a constructive feedback you don't let that go and alter your motivations and your aspiration and your conviction and that's very very important especially for anyone out there who's listening right now that really want to pursue something that they really love and passionate about but always feel like you know what maybe it's not going to work out here you are a living example of someone that have to go through that on a daily basis and that's very remarkable now i want to ask your question is that this has been online debate for longest time Few people argue that art is supposed to be free, art is supposed to be an expression. It should not be funded. However, I found people argue differently. What do you feel?
1: Art funding is a tricky, uh, tricky subject, mainly because art is very expensive to make. You know, oil paint is expensive, canvas is expensive. I mean, any kind of art material costs money. And uh, a lot of the most famous artists throughout history were funded and they were able to become so iconic because they were so well-funded, you know, and, you know, like Michelangelo, among others, the key with funding is that it also exerts a certain amount of power over what the artist creates. Like, for example, it used to be mainly religious institutions and governments that would have the money to commission paintings, but they would have say over what the artist made and, you know, what was depicted in it, the, three, uh, the themes described, so art funding is tricky. I mean, I would I've never gotten funded personally. I've always kind of had to work and make money to buy art supplies, to buy things and then the hope is that you're able to sell enough art to cover your expenses. But it's it's tricky with art funding because it's like, well, who deserves it? Who should be funded? Where should this money go? But I do think the art should be funded just just for kind of the the furthering of society, you know, like the Greeks or the Egyptians, they were able to leave by, behind this legacy. But a lot of money goes into that. And kind of with money can come corruption and other things. But it's kind of not an easy answer. For me, it's yes. But the hard part can be where does the money go and what does the money exert? Or how does the money shape the art and what is made?
0: And that is definitely a good insight. Because think about it: is that If you are able to find a funder who have the same value and same aspiration as you do, perfect. But normally people fund another project there is a purpose for them and the particular reason why they are doing so and how do you defend your expression and at the same time trying to make sure you meet the ends that's a good balance that you have to always overcome right now since that you talk about few artists like Michelangelo who are the three top artists that you feel like you like to compare yourself to
1: Francis Bacon is my favorite painter right now and I really just love his his faces and his compositions he does these portraits kind of and they're kind of half in shadow and the the faces are kind of twisted or ill defined and there's just something very interesting and intriguing about his paintings and it's not a classical way of painting it's not like strictly representational but there's almost a randomness to it not a randomness but a kind of organic They're weird in a way that I find very interesting and very, you can kind of just look at them and they're almost like haunting some of them. He does paintings of the Pope, among other people, and I'm very fascinated by them. And I kind of strive to have that kind of painting practice. In terms of business sense, I'd say that Andy Warhol was one of the most successful artists in contemporary history. And people have criticized him. Because he was such a savvy business person and people said he took advantage of other artists like, for instance, Basquiat and that he was too good at making money. He was too much of a business person and he would have teams of people making the art for him, doing the the, the labor of the silk screening and, you know, similar to artists like, you know, Jeff Koons. And a lot of times these big names, they'll have other people doing the work. They're able to make these kind of monumental sculptures or... This body of work through the labor of other people and they are kind of the conductor of it. So that can be criticized as well. And my favorite illustrator is Ralph Steadman. His work is kind of very visceral and he'll splatter ink on the drawings and they almost look kind of animalistic and his illustration is very unique, On un- unlike a lot of other illustrators I've seen, and he did work with Hunter S. Thompson for some of his uh, publications. He illustrated various novels for him. And Ralph is a great, great illustrator, someone that I'd like to compare myself to.
0: Now, thank you very much for the comparison and definitely all those names. If you live in New York City, you're very familiar because we have the luxury to have exhibits like MoMA and also Mats as well too, with tons of other museums. So to be inside the city, With so many artists, so many different museums, so many different styles, how do you even get started as an artist? Because you have to start somewhere, right? Like, I understand that you like to paint, you like to go ahead, but how do you even start that particular process?
1: You have to just start making things. You know, in your living room or in your your home, you have to start making things. And later you can kind of concern yourself with the, making money aspect of it, the business aspect of it, but the first fundamental step is making things and, and perfecting your craft. I recommend taking classes, going to gallery openings, going to museums, surrounding yourself with other working artists. And it's very important to have a community of people going after a similar thing as you, you know, dealing with kind of the same problems. And it can be really discouraging, some of it, because a lot of times people that are not in the art world that are not creative, they only equate success with profitability. If you're able to make money off of it, then it's worthwhile. But if you're not making money off of it, then it can kind of be seen as as a kind of a mediocre hobby or not important. But you have to be able to establish for yourself the importance of you making art on a daily basis and what it means to you. And no one else is gonna do that for you. No one else is gonna be able to make you a hard worker or make you resilient or make you not give up. That all has to come from within you, kind of the the purpose and the drive. And then once you've made a body of work, you continue to work at it, you continue to make new things, but then there's also the meeting people. New York is a great place because everyone's here. There's so many museums and gallerists and other working artists and people trying to become working artists that is really kind of almost in a way a limitless resource. To network and to meet friends and other artists and get your name out there, you know, through social media, you know, document your work, phot- uh, photograph it, and then post it on things like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Now they have TikTok. It's just there's all these media platforms that will help you expand your viewership and you know get you that that magic word, you know, that um exposure. That's what people are always saying. They don't want to pay you. They just want to give you exposure. But it is a commodity it is something that you do need as an artist
0: thank you very much for helping us with that particular question now since you talk about social media my question is that an art broker that i know really well tell me that social media play a new part a new way of artists expressing themselves however there is another influence of trying to get attention likes so it's like are funding in another way, how do yourself use social media to make sure people can hear you correctly without being influenced by those likes or followers and things like that?
1: It's tough. It's really tough. It can, you know, social media, Instagram, it can be all consuming. You can use it as a barometer or a benchmark for your success, which is in a way is an illusion. You know, it's this kind of fake world, this platform, but it is valuable. You know, people... You know, likes and follows can equate to dollars, can equate to shows and selling your art. But the key is to not get wrapped up in it, not let the kind of illusion that being successful on this is being successful in the real world. For instance, paintings I've sold have gotten very few likes or, you know, they don't do very well on Instagram. And then something that does do very well, it might not really translate into anything else besides doing well on Instagram. So it's, it's, it's a, tr- a tightrope to walk across, kind of like, in one way, you need it. You need to be, in this day and age, artists need to be relevant on the internet. And I think that it's kind of, it's slid that way, that there's no coming back now. There's no way in the future that the internet will be any less important than it is now. Given that kids now, they grow up in the digital age, they are enmeshed, with their phones from a very young age five years five-year-old kids have a an intricate understanding of iPhones and how they work and are always on the screen so like funding the internet is exerting a lot of power a lot of force over the direction of the art world but it's amazing in a way you can look up any artist I can look up any painting made throughout history that has been documented and I can pull it up and have an image of it and work from it so it's an amazing resource but it can be very distracting from the real art it's kind of it's tricky it's it's neither good nor bad it's a bit of both and so it's, it's a difficult question
0: but at the end like you said it can be good or bad you're really coming down to the user himself right now by the time that we got to this particular part of the interview i bet a lot of listeners have already gone to your instagram pages or check out your website So what are some upcoming events that you have that you want to go and let our listener know or just to see or meet you in person?
1: I have an upcoming group show. It's called New York Basel. It's going to be at 198 Allen Street, December 14th and 15th. And it's a group show, so I'll probably only have two or three paintings in it, but it'll be an interesting group of New York-based artists. A lot of them grew up here in New York, and it should be a great show.
0: Sounds great. And, of course, for anyone who wants to go ahead and learn more about you or even try to contact you to help you out or even try to go ahead and learn more about your aspiration, how can they reach out to you?
1: Well, I usually do things like that through my Gmail account, which is johnpatrickhackett at gmail.com. I have a website. It's jphackett.com. And also my Instagram is brushstrokes. And that is also another platform I use to kind of promote my art and let people contact me through.
0: Sounds great. And for all the listeners, I will be attaching all those links in the description of this episode. And of course, at the very end, what is one final advice you have for anyone out there who wants to be an artist in New York city?
1: Take classes, make art and just never give up. You know, even if you never make a dime off your art, that doesn't mean that it was any less worthwhile. All right. Thank you so much, John,
0: for coming to our interview. And of course, that we look forward to go ahead and see you more in the future and also your work. Thank you, Kevin. I hope all the listeners enjoyed the interview as much as I did. If you are interested in knowing more about John, please refer to the description of our episode. You will be able to find his website, Instagram, and also information for his upcoming events. And now let's answer some of the questions from our listeners from the previous episode we have a question from one of the listeners in new york hey kevin thank you for the ultimate guy i have a question about starting networking i don't know how i will be able to find different network events do you know how to get started Well, thank you for asking, there are a lot of ways to start networking. If you are not currently using an outplacement company as a benefit, you can try to use application like Meetup, which you will be able to find different Meetup and also events, depends on your professions. And you can also try to go ahead and refer back to your alumni network from your school. Or see if you can get any assistance from local chamber of commerce. In many chamber of commerce, they will list out any networking events or what we call speed dating for professionals. Those events are very helpful that you'll be able to be introduced to multiple business at the same time. Now let's take a look at our second questions. Hi Kevin, I really like your idea about the excess statements, but I'm not sure if it's appropriate to go ahead and post that while I'm still working for the last two weeks of my employment? Oh well, thank you for asking that question. It definitely can seem intimidating and also out of norm to be sending out an auto reply of exit statements when you're still at work. But think about it, you are no longer working for that company. This is the last few chances that you have that email address, which for sure will be deleted the moment you leave the company. All the contacts or all the people that know you through that email, they deserve the right to know how to connect with you after you depart, right? And not to mention that you don't really have to be afraid of your current bosses or your managers. As long as that your exit statement remains professional, then you should have nothing to worry about. Technically, they are not your bosses anymore. So you really have to go ahead and plan for yourself and for your family. Now for any listeners, if you do have any questions for our previous episodes or anything we have discussed in the interview between myself and my guests, feel free to email me or contact me through Instagram as I will try to take the time to answer your questions in the upcoming episode. As we're wrapping up this episode, I want to thank and remind all the listeners that in the description, you'll be able to find the overview of our contents, the links to positive news and resources, and most importantly, the show notes that I publish on Medium. Our music are being brought by Scott Holmes from scottholmesmusic.com. And if you have a question for my guests or for myself, please email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail.com or find me on Instagram or simply by clicking on the voice link in the description. If you find this podcast informative and helpful, please follow and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform and share with someone that you really think this can help. If you want to support, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or simply by clicking on the donation button. Now, we'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, remember, success without fun never lasts. And fun without success is not really too much fun. So let's have a fun and a successful podcast together.